0: Welcome to Indie Insider, presented by Blackshell Media. This is the weekly show where we speak with indie video game developers, publishers, and industry professionals about their projects, their stories, and their advice to others. I'm your host, Logan Schultz, and today on the show I sit down with Karina Kham, one of the co-founders of the new indie studio Crashwave Games. We talk about the video game scene in Vancouver, what it was like running a successful Kickstarter campaign, their upcoming project, Iron Tides, And, of course, her advice for others. Before we get to the interview, however, a couple of quick notes. This show is presented by Blackshell Media, a publishing and marketing firm working to help indie developers reach their goals and new audiences. The company also strives to offer unique, inspiring, and even educational services for developers, publishers, and gamers alike, which is why we get to bring this show to you. Speaking of which, be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes and other podcast services across the internet. And please leave a review if you'd like to be a part of the show and share your thoughts questions or even request a professional to bring on the podcast send me an email at logan at blackshellmedia.com or reach out on twitter at logan a schultz finally special thanks to karina for joining us on the show as well as benjamin Tiso over at bensound.com for allowing us to use his song going higher in the show and now from crash wave games karina come Welcome to Indie Insider. Today, I'm talking with Karina Calm, the co-founder of Crash Wave Games. Karina, how's it going?
1: Hi there. Thanks for having me on the show today. Having a wonderful day. We've just wrapped up our Kickstarter campaign um, for our first indie game, and so I'm very happy.
0: That's awesome. That's really good to hear. I like it when the guests are happy. Come on the show. I feel like we have a good episode ahead of us. So this is great. We sure do. All right. Um, well, let's just get right underway. Who is Crash Wave Games?
1: Crash Wave Games is an independent studio hailing from Vancouver. We are a two-person duo, uh, very unlikely. My partner, Sam Rasky, he's from Finland, and I myself am from South Africa. So we have a long, unique, diverse history together. But we found each other here in Vancouver, wow. and we've partnered together to make Iron Tides and make. We'll continue making games supporting this industry.
0: Iron Tides is Crash Wave Games' first project. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Okay, great. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the video game industry to start with?
1: That is such an excellent question. I have no idea. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I think it really starts with my interest for board games and general nerdery. Um, I really liked tactical war chess type games. I was very much into Final Fantasy Tactics. I used to like grinding um, early in the morning till 3 in the morning, just playing uh, tactical games, uh, playing video games, and of course I went through different phases where I would try games that are like first person shooters, uh, MMORPGs, Um, I just went all over the place. Um, and eventually I realized that I wanted to make games. So I put myself through a college, um, in game design specifically, and oh, I've okay. been doing this for about five to six years. Um, always working for a different indie studio in Vancouver, but after some time, I realized that it was time for me to move on to my, uh, you know, move on to my own project, my own studio, and thus Crash Wave Games was born.
0: So what other companies have you worked with in Vancouver? What are some of the projects you've worked on in the past?
1: They're pretty underground, to be honest. Um, But I've worked for studios like Hothead Games, and they used to make Death Bank for Xbox. Um, I've worked for studios like Blitzu Games, uh, Bluebat Games, Eastside Games, uh, and I think Silicon Sisters, yes.
0: Okay. It sounds like the Vancouver video game scene is, is pretty strong. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Our Vancouver video game scene is home to, uh, you know, Nintendo, Microsoft, um, even have Capcom here. Um, and it's it's pretty diverse in what we have to offer. Um, we used to have, back in the day, we used to have a studio called Radical, and they were responsible for Prototype or uh, Simpsons hit and run. Um, okay. Lots of great content was coming from Vancouver at that time.
0: Yeah, are there a lot of indie studios now in Vancouver as uh, I guess the digital aspect of gaming has been booming?
1: Yes, I foresee many indies starting to come up from Vancouver. Um, Our industry here, it took a bit of a hit recently, but I think we're not scrambling, but I think we're well on our way to see a seismic shift. So um, the studios that I was listening to before, they generally have a focus in AAA uh, game development, so big studios with maybe 100 people to 200 people in a studio. And um, when we take a hit, like losing a couple studios here and there, it really opens the market for uh, future indie development, um, which we're starting to see. And I think it's actually a very exciting time to be here.
0: So it seems like it's a pretty uh, like you said, exciting, but also a hopeful time for Crash Wave Games to be getting started up in Vancouver. Uh, what are your thoughts on the indie video game scene in general? Uh, what do you think about indie development in 2016?
1: I think it's going to be something that is unexpected. Um I mean, I'm thinking about all the different platforms that we have the opportunity to create on and all the different engines that are easy to, to learn, to pick up, that are accessible. Right. And we have so much talent in general. Um, and I'm, only, I'm thinking about this from just the Vancouver perspective um, because we are home to uh, really great games like The Darkest Dungeon, like For the King. Um, very talented people live here. And I think that if we can just find a way to creatively express that... Uh, the indie scene—it's going to start booming, um, and I'm thinking about this from you know from the perspective of a consumer looking for an affordable type of game. Um, an indie an indie game is something you really want to capitalize on.
0: The indie video game scene—a uh, bit unexpected. It's kind of uh, you know more accessible for a variety of different things. What do you think is unexpected about Crash Wave games? What sort of projects do you want to work on?
1: I think what's most unexpected from us, uh, we are very community-driven. So um, we went through a very thorough process with our first game in that we prototyped the... Can I swear? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, Um, if you want to. uh, I'll try not to, but um, we prototyped just the shit out of our game. Um, We made sure to invest at least 300 hours of testing into our game, and we made sure to reach out and contact... Uh, gamers who might have an interest in, in turn-based tactics, and then we worked with them to develop the product that we're currently working on. Um, so I think in that way, um, we're relatively unknown because we're small, but um, it's when we find the time to release, when we do release our game, um, it's going to be one of those unexpected games that just kind of come out of nowhere and players will seem to like it.
0: And then I have to look up something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You
0: just made me think of something. I'm going to need to look this up. What did you think of? I thought of the fact that, uh, for those listeners who don't know, I actually also happen to work at a video game website called BegoGames.com. And I actually received an email from Karen Lee at Manamark Marketing about a little game called Iron Tides. Um, what does it say? Uh, hoping to introduce me to Iron Tides, mm-hmm. um, and talking a bit about their campaign on Kickstarter. So, I would say that you're not necessarily so unknown, <laughs> because uh, clearly you're getting your name out there. Um, do you currently work with Manamark?
1: Uh, Karen Lee and I are friends, so she's oh, okay. helping us off the last the last week of our campaign. She said, "Hey, let me just send you off on a good." good, uh, good vibe. And she's been an absolute help. Marketing have been excellent people to work with. Um, so, I mean, the fact that you've heard of us from Iowa is, is really impressive. Thank you. You should, <laughs> you should write that down.
0: That should be, uh, you know, something you should be proud of. The, the game is Thank getting you. out there. Thank you. Um, I
1: really appreciate that.
0: So you're not working with Manamark of officially as a marketing company, but Karen Lee helped you out just a little bit. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Big help.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, clearly. Um, but that's great. That's, uh, you know, taking advantage of a connection you have in the industry, um, uh, mm-hmm. to really get your game out there. I think that's a wonderfully successful indie thing to do.
1: And, um, to add to one fact that you had earlier on about the Vancouver game industry, um, we also have a lot of, uh, events that are catered towards indies and that's actually how Karen and I met. Um, so we met at a summit called the Full Indie Summit and it was, uh, it hosted around 500 developers. Um, so developers behind Firewatch go there, developers behind the uh, Darkest Dungeon go there. Um, and it's just a place for us to learn and gather, convene, uh, play test And Karen and I connected there because she had seen our game at Full Indie, because she had seen us go through our campaign and you know decided to throw us a bone the last week.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, uh, obviously we save our... Uh, advice portion of the show for the end, but I feel like we're hitting on something right now, and it might be that uh, connecting with other people, going to events like this, has been pretty positive, at least in your experience.
1: Mm -hmm. I would agree. Um, As I mentioned before, Crash Wave Games is very community eccentric. Um, Our first game, Iron Tides, was originally a paper prototype, and we knew we always wanted to make this game, but we knew that we were also very small and so our resources were very limited um instead of lying down and just being sad about that we took our paper prototype to an amply sized board game store it was a magic the gathering type of uh deal and we took up arms near the back of the room and we just started encouraging different players to come sit down with us and play through a round of iron tides and Uh, My partner, Sam, was the the NPC, the dungeon master, who would roll the dice and, um, you know, take this player through a journey of what's it like to be a Viking chieftain, what's it like to strategize and send your Vikings into battle. Um, And that was really the beginning of uh, Crash Wave Games, and that was how we knew that we wanted to keep working with the the community. So um, that's very, very important to us, Uh, playtesting and prototyping, very important.
0: Well, I can't think of a better segue than that. Let's talk about Iron Tides. Um, So this is uh, Crash Wave Games' first project. Um, Just finished up its Kickstarter campaign, and uh, as I hear, it was a successful campaign.
1: It was. We met 100% uh, of our goal with, I think, three or four days to spare, Um, and that was very exciting for us. It's been an emotionally not exhausting but an emotional journey for us um and yes we have been overwhelmed with all the support it's been such a pleasure to work with the community again once again
0: well um i want to talk to you about the kickstarter campaign because that's a pretty interesting perspective that you can bring to the show but why don't you give us some context first what is iron tides
1: oh great uh, Iron Tides is a Viking-themed survival strategy game. It is roguelike, and it's somewhat like a dungeon crawler that is endless. Um, so if you imagine a, a Viking-style FTL, uh, which stands for faster than Light, a Viking-style FTL that meets Final Fantasy Tactics and Fire Emblem in a park for ice cream.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So I'm looking... Um, actually, I have your page up right in front of me right now. I'm taking a look at the Kickstarter campaign. Tell me a little bit about how uh, the original, you kind of mentioned um, it was a paper prototype um, mm-hmm. and just kind of this this board game design, this board game aesthetic and inspiration. Tell me a little bit about how that came about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I personally am a fan, a big fan of chess. I'm also a big fan of Fire Emblem. So um, that's where my the majority of my inspiration was drawn from. Um, when we went to our board game store and we developed that paper prototype, we wanted to find a way to make the battles different for every player. So anyone who was watching would see and learn how this game was played. But when they came to sit down in front of us, we would change the board up. Um, the easiest way for us to do that as a small team was to uh, basically cut out a pieces of A4 paper and um, mix and match them in a very quick way. So if you can imagine a piece of A4 paper and you divide it into thirds, let's say, um, and you have this board, this chessboard element on this piece of paper that's cut into thirds, um, but with different layouts. So there might be a hole in one of the the thirds of the board. Um, So now as we rearrange the board, it it becomes something different. It becomes a a new obstacle that you have to overcome. And it slightly changes the way you perceive the battle. We did this because we knew we wanted to have randomly generated content. So in our digital game, um, every single battle you enter is going to feel much different from the last.
0: What engine did you use for this, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Oh, we use Unity.
0: Okay, so this is all built in Unity then?
1: Yes, we used um, Maya Autodesk for 3D modeling and texturing. And then we brought all those assets into Unity and continued working from there
0: you and Sam your co-founder in this company did you just design this yourself did you bring anyone else in
1: we had a few con- contributors along the way so we've had a we've had a very lucky run in that the people who are volunteering their time with us are also very talented um, right. yeah really great for us and so um, no one has joined our team officially but I think now that we've completed our Kickstarter um it'll be time for us to start hiring up and, you know, really officializing this whole process.
0: (laughs) Sure. Well, let's go ahead and get into that. Um, Your Kickstarter campaign. uh, Obviously, there's not a full game here yet. You've talked a bit about prototypes and things like that. Mm -hmm. How do you go about getting on Kickstarter? uh, And then eventually getting it fully funded? What does that process look like? Tell me the story.
1: It was long, <laughs> not gonna lie. It was <laughs> it was long, but uh, in reality, it's been about thirteen months for us. Um, okay. That's from paper to to demo. Um, I'll let you in on a secret. Uh, it was picking up Unity was the first time Sam and I had ever worked with it before. So this game really is as indie as it gets. Um, so in thirteen months, we made this game and. It's been an interesting journey thus far. We put ourselves through the Square Enix Collective, and then we put ourselves through uh, an Indie Prize down at Casual Connect, and then we finally went on to Kickstarter. So these three processes helped us hone in on our vision and make sure that our quality was always there. It also allowed us to continue working with the community, continue finding those playtesters and learning how we can improve our game.
0: Really quickly, um, and I want to, Stick with Kickstarter and hear more about the story. But tell me just a little bit about the Square Enix Collective, because that's kind of an interesting uh, aspect to the process as well.
1: Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that there would be a shift. Well, we talked about a shift in the indie game scene, and we're starting to see that with bigger publishers like Square Enix and even EA right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think these big-time publishers are seeing the value in indie games, and so they're opening up their channel uh, for indie developers like myself to pitch their game onto their site and have their audience, um, you know, vote and assess the game and talk about what needs to be different, talk about what's awesome, uh, start encouraging us to keep pushing in a direction.
0: What exactly was your experience with the Square Enix Collective? How did that all work? Uh, give me some of the the deeper details the on
1: deeper it. deeper details, great. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The Square Enix Collective is a... It's a site that we put our our initial Kickstarter campaign onto, um, so it was almost like a, a step before Kickstarter, like a pre-Kickstarter. Um, we had all the assets, we talked about what we wanted to do with our game and then uh, Square Enix would send out a mass email to about 500,000 users and they would come to the site and vote if they uh, vote on each game that's there every week and vote to tell us if um, they would crowdfund the game or not. So it similarly works to like a, a Steam Greenlight process where there are only two options. Would you crowdfund this game? Yes. Or would you not? So no. Um, And we went through that collective process and we were voted uh, 85% yes. So that gave us the, the confidence to keep pushing forward and then leverage that into Kickstarter.
0: Sure. So did you actually receive funding from the Square Enix Collective? Uh, no. Okay. So
1: with the Square Enix Collective, it's it's pretty interesting how they do it. If they have time to, to work with you, they'll take, I think, 5% of um, of the cut of, of crowdfunding. Um, unfortunately, they didn't have time to work with us. They were dealing with a f- few other studios at the time. Um, so we went about it on our own.
0: Sure. Uh, but I mean, it still seems like you had some pretty positive response. And even having you know, positive response from the Square Enix collective experience seems like a, a pretty positive aspect to the whole process.
1: It was kind of like a litmus test for us to really sure. make sure, like, are we doing the right thing? Yes, we are. Okay, let's keep going.
0: All right, that, and that's smart. And so then you go and you make the Kickstarter campaign.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, give me some of the details on that. What does that look like from your perspective? You just one day, you know, throw everything up on the website and say, "Here we go."
1: Uh, no, it actually was, it took us about two and a half months of planning. Um, so it was very important to us to know how many updates, for example, we needed to have in our campaign. And I was pretty sad on having at least 10 updates. I think we've ended with about 14 to 15 right now, but... Oh wow. um, at least knowing that we, we want to have content coming out at a pretty rapid pace, um, to even set up our website, to set up a, a continuous blog, uh, making a video of ourselves, making a video trailer of our game, uh, getting music, getting voice acting, um, directing the trailer, what and then on top, what content we want to put onto the Kickstarter. So it was a little bit easier because we had the Square Enix behind us and we could Take a look at that for reference and, um, you know, oh, there was something we should have done better. Let's do it for Kickstarter now. Um, and then there were some marketing tricks that I used. Um, and this is just between you and I and everyone who's listening. Um, I used three different uh, social campaigns to push us into the eyes of uh, of press, uh, into the eyes of players. And uh, that really seemed to speed us along within the first three days, which are critical to Kickstarter.
0: Uh, how long was your campaign?
1: Our campaign was set for 34 days.
0: Okay, and so I guess as you moved through that What did you learn? Obviously the first few days you had some pretty positive response But did things slow down were there, you know times where you got nervous? What What did that look like?
1: Yes, so um, <laughs> Yes, that's a definite. yes um it was hard because we knew we had to work within a particular timeline. Um, because we are indies, indies, we are often competing with uh, other games that are released that are either indie or AAA, and so picking our dates were very, very important. We launched our game onto Kickstarter on September 28th, and we knew that we also wanted to have it end by November the 1st. Um, determining what time and date was also very important for us um, to make sure that we're not releasing the same time as like blizzcon for example Uh, that would really draw a lot of press away from from the indie games scene and it would become a lot more difficult for us to gain any traction within the first three days Um, so that was very important for us in terms of you know starting up um and then, again, uh, any kind of marketing. We didn't spend a lot of money on marketing. Um, we tried to keep our costs relatively low um, up until Mana Marketing decided to help us out, which was pretty <laughs> awesome. <Sure. laughs> which was pretty awesome. It was most of, most of it was just all by ourselves, you know, as typical indie fashion.
0: Right. So, obviously, the thing that everyone knows about Kickstarter, uh, even if they haven't backed a project before, is that there are rewards, right? So, you... You put money in, you fund a project that you're interested in, and you get special rewards for doing that. What was that aspect like? Because I've heard different things about running a Kickstarter campaign before and how the rewards actually work. What did you find your experience to be like?
1: So we started researching different Kickstarters about a year ago in 2015, and we looked at the different packages available. So at first, we had to identify a price point for Iron Tides. We knew that we wanted to release on Steam, um, but we hadn't really de- decided on a, a price yet. So most of our tiers is uh, around that price tag. Um, and we know that now that we want to release a game for 14.99 US dollars. Um, so we built something off of that. Um, we also know that we don't want to overwhelm our our users and our backers with you know an onslaught of choices. So we had to work through this and tighten it up here and there, and also be very reasonable with what we're asking for. You know, like what does 500 Canadian dollars get you? What does 1,000 Canadian dollars get you? And um, what are you? How far are you willing to go uh, to make sure that you can meet the requirements of that tier? Uh, that was a lot of fun for us too. Um, I think we did pretty well. <laughs> I think, yeah. I, think we, I think we we managed to create a, a good reward system so that the backers were distributed evenly, um, and it it was good to see it unfold. It was nice to see that unfold for us.
0: So you had a few backers who gave uh, a significant amount of money. What did what was that like coming up with, um, you know, the rewards for those projects? Because they involve a little bit of um, actual changes to the game based around those backers.
1: Mm-hmm. So first we had to stay realistic uh, because as Crash Wave Games, we want to make sure that we deliver what we say say we're going to deliver. Right, of course. Uh, so that's very important for any indies that are listening, always deliver what you promise, otherwise get out. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, like yeah. you, either, you either know what you're doing or you don't. So um, it's very important, especially when you're working with the community and because you are community-driven. Um, so for us, uh, we are small. And like I said, we, we come from humble beginnings. Um, I had to mathematically figure out, well, how many people in X amount of tiers do we need to get to this goal here? Um, and I typically find that with some Kickstarters that don't meet their goal, they are asking too much for their, uh, for their from their tiers or they haven't mathematically worked it out. So um, let's say your campaign starts with a, a low tier of like $5 or $1 even. Um, if you get a hundred people at one dollar, that's just a hundred bucks. But if you get a hundred people at, you know, twenty dollars, that's significantly more. So, again, it all comes around to, back to figuring out your price point and then building a campaign from there. Um, well, as we started getting big pledges, our jaws literally dropped to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like every developer's dream to see this to see this, you know, come before your eyes, we were sitting at x percentage today. And suddenly an hour later, we're now bumped up a couple more percent um, towards our goal. And it's, it's really just a rush.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Alright, so the campaign, actually, uh, this episode will post on uh, Monday, the 31st Halloween, actually, uh, but the campaign isn't actually done until Tuesday. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: So if you're listening to this on the day that it airs, you still have time to go and back this project and get some of these rewards.
1: We'd appreciate that. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Is there anything that you would, um, I guess, want to say in the final hours of your Kickstarter campaign?
1: We are we're humbled. We are so humbled by your pledge, your support, your encouragement. Um, we've received fan art. We've received... Uh, Um, mentions, uh, retweets, shares, streamers are playing our game, people are sending us challenges. Um, Again, I'll mention that because we're community centric, it's really what we live for to engage with you and to hear your experiences in the Iron Tides, uh, to hear how you solve different tactical battles. Um, It means so much to us to have you join our warband, um, and to help us build this game. So, (laughs) oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) we're as real as it gets. That's all I got to say.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, there is a playable demo of the game. Is that right?
1: That is correct. Yes. So, So if you're
0: listening to this, you can still go to that Kickstarter page and actually download a demo of iron tides.
1: Yes, absolutely. For free. Once our Kickstarter campaign ends, uh, we may not be updating this demo as much because we want to save all the goodness for early access next year. Um, So, yes, please go ahead and try the demo. And if you're feeling up for it, uh, go um, go to our skirmish mode, click test mode on, arrange a battlefield and send it to us. And if you have problems solving anything, we can help you through it.
0: So, where's this Kickstarter money going? What's going to happen now that the campaign is successfully funded uh, and you guys move forward?
1: A lot of people have been asking us that. Uh, So, we know we would need. We know we need additional help in particular areas in our game. And if you play our demo, you might be able to pick up on some of them. We've tried very hard to make it as seamless as possible, but definitely we'd like a a voice actor. We'd like um, a musician, composer to help us out. Um, And I think we just need a generalist of sorts to just smooth out the edges of what we have. So, you know, tighten up some art here and there, tighten up the animation here and there. Most of the money will be going into that um, and then, of course, supporting Sam and myself as we launch.
0: Oh, sure. So is this your full-time job? Or are you going to commit to this at least at some point?
1: Yes, we have committed to it uh, for the last 13 months. So um, we're very, very much into this game. Um, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so really committing to, I guess, uh, Crash Wave games and, and being indie developers. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited. I hope that things go well for you and, and that uh, getting into early access next year turns out to be, uh, I guess, what you want it to be. Great.
1: I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, at the end of every episode, I like to ask the guest on the show to kind of gather up their past experiences and their thoughts and share with the listeners, uh, the aspiring developers out there, the gamers out there, their advice for... Um, It can be general advice. It can be advice specifically about uh, video game development, but anything you feel like sharing um, that might help inspire somebody who's stuck or inspire somebody who um, just, you know, thinks they might want to make a game in the future. What sort of advice can you share?
1: Uh, do it now, but make sure you have a vision. Uh, Make sure your vision is very succinct. Um, Prototype everything and then test it and don't be afraid to reiterate your process as long as you can justify your experience and get the results you're seeking. So uh, a very loose example, if you're going to make a game that's about strategy, make sure your game stays in line with what that means and really start to understand what strategy means to not just yourself, but different types of players. Um, as you go along your way, you will be approached by many, many different types of players and many different types of gamers um, and it is your job as an indie developer to understand their needs and anticipate them. So, again, make sure that you're prototyping. Don't be afraid.
0: Don't be afraid. That's sound advice uh, from Crash Wave Games' Karina Com, co-founder. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you and talk with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. I had a lot of fun.
0: Cool. I'm glad. And sincerely, best of luck with Iron Tides.
1: Thank you. I look forward to listening to Indie Insider. Uh,
0: Yes, as should all the listeners listening uh, to the show today. Of course, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, We air every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, We have not missed one yet, and I'm determined that we will. Well, we made it uh, late on Monday last week, so I'm going to count it. I'm going to (laughs) count that as not missing. Um, it's
1: sounds like a great show. Yeah, we.
0: I enjoy putting it on. I enjoy talking to people. I think that uh, it's great to have the opportunity to share these stories and to share advice, and uh, you know, in a blooming and blossoming indie development community. I like it a lot.
1: I agree. Um, I agree.
0: And of course, who else likes it? Uh, Black Shell Media. The show is presented by that company. Uh, they are a marketing publishing firm out there to help bring the work of indie game developers to the gamers. Um, But the company also offers educational and inspirational resources for developers and gamers alike, and that's where Indie Insider comes in. Uh, This is, of course, the podcast where I get to sit down and chat with indie developers, um, such as Crash Wave Games, um, and talk about their awesome projects and experiences. As always, if you, listener, have any questions, thoughts, or recommendations of individuals to bring onto the show, shoot me an email. I'm logan at blackshowmedia.com, or you can find me on Twitter at... Logan A. Schultz. Uh, Karina, if people want to find Crashwave Games or follow Iron Tides or just like you and want to follow you, um, how do they find you out on those interwebs?
1: That's a great question. Uh, for anyone who wants to try our demo, please visit www.irontides.com. demo. We have uh, our PC and Mac version available there. Uh, if you're interested in learning uh, more about our team, we have a Twitter following at Crashwave Games.
0: Again, thank you so much for being on, Karina. Uh, Best of luck, and I would love to chat with you again as the game gets closer to release.
1: I'm happy to talk with you again
0: in the future. Thank you so much, lovely, And everyone, we'll see you next week. Bye!